Welcome to the Life Science Marketing Society podcast, bringing you best practices, advice and insight from marketing experts from across the life science industry and beyond. To get more insight from the Life Science Marketing Society, please visit www.lifesciencemarketingsociety.org and grab your free membership. Hello and welcome to the Life Science Marketing Society podcast. I'm Harrison Wright. And I'm Kenneth Vogt. And today we're going to be talking about a webinar presentation that was an interview that was entitled, It's About Psychology, Not Technology, The Quick Start Guide to Winning with AdWords. And that's where our very own Harrison Wright is interviewing Andy Black. Yeah, it was a fantastic interview. I really enjoyed it, actually, not just because of the many nuggets of great information that, that Andy brought to the table. Uh, you know, there was a lot of his personal story in there as well. I don't want to dwell on this for the purposes of this podcast, but he had a great story right at the very beginning about how Andy got into to AppWords almost by accident. You know, he was working in IT. He was a, a data geek, as he calls himself. And he had a friend who was a plumber. And back in 2009, it was the recession there in Ireland, so it hit pretty badly from everything that I understand about that. And he was he was struggling to win any work. And he offered to create a website for his friend. And then this 50 euro AdWords voucher dropped through dropped through his door. So we thought, oh, let's give this a try. When he ran the AdWords campaign and was getting his friend calls, but being a data guy, he realized the power that AdWords has in terms of not just getting leads or click-throughs or sales, but in terms of giving you market research really quickly and really inexpensively. I, I said I, I didn't want to ramble on his story, but I think that leads nicely into one of the big takeaways here. Yes, this idea of market research is an interesting one because many business people aren't even thinking about that. His friend the plumber wasn't thinking about market research and probably didn't even have a notion of how he would do market research even if he thought it was important. But the data that they got from the running of the AdWords campaigns provided that market research. Now, it helped to have Andy Black there to use his data geekiness to say, hey, take a look at this friend. And it showed them things that they wouldn't even have known to look for. Because at the beginning, like many businesses, they just wanted to have a website and they wanted to talk about what they wanted to talk about. They weren't thinking at all in terms of what does my ultimate customer want to hear about and what are they thinking about and what are they Googling about? Now, that is really, really interesting stuff. See, you put an ad in most places. You don't know what the magazine reader or the newspaper reader is thinking. You don't know what the television watcher or the person driving by on the freeway looking at the billboard is thinking. But when it comes to AdWords, you know exactly what they were thinking because it's all captured and it's all shared with you. You can see exactly how people got to your ads. You can see exactly how they got to your landing pages. And if you go a little further, you can see what other things people are searching for that didn't even come to your ads. Google gives you all that information for free. Come look at our stuff and tell us where you want to put your ads. It's an amazingly powerful thing, and it is unprecedented in the world of marketing. There is just nothing else like it out there. You know, something occurred to me just as you were, you were talking, Ken. There's a huge application here that I'm making a massive assumption here, but my assumption is not 
many life science companies are taking advantage of this. I'm picturing now a reagent or consumables company, probably an independent one. There's lots of them out there. Probably someone listening to this, you work for such a company. These reagent companies tend to have vast and expanding product ranges. Now, how do you decide what product to make next or which products to focus on or which which ranges to expand? Do you, you guess, make new products that you want to make or that your boss wants to make? What if you just loaded up these thousands of different keywords into AdWords and spent $100, $200, You'd very quickly see where you should expand your product range and what there's most demand for. Exactly. And I want to key in on your point there. When you were saying one, two, three dollars you were saying for this very small amount of money, <laughs> it's not that much. Spend a little bit of your budget finding out where you should be spending most of your budget. It is a tremendously good investment and it's easy to do. And you never know what you're going to find. You might get surprised. You could go to the expense of creating a survey for your customers and all that. And of course, you don't get very many of them to participate. And then they tell you what they think you want to hear. Whereas with this, this is what people are searching for on the web. There's no filter there. They can't pretend what they're looking for. They're looking for what they're looking for. It's right there in black and white. Exactly. And they don't even have to visit your website for you to get that data, the impressions data. In fact, theoretically, you could make an ad that's so terrible, no one would ever click it and just get all these impressions. How's that for free market research? Exactly. Maybe not entirely free, but so cheap, it'd be ridiculous not to do it. Yeah. When we were preparing to record this podcast, I did a bit of Googling around of various types of life science products. And what I found was quite interesting. I found that most of the things I searched for, and I'm not going to name any names, most of the things I was searching for, no ads showed up at all. And where ads did appear, I'd say at least 70% of them were completely irrelevant. You'd be looking to buy a reagent and you get an ad about contract research, or you'd be looking to buy the reagent and you'd get an ad for outsourcing your research work. There was no match at all between the intent of the search and the ad that was being delivered, and neither the landing page, actually, because I checked that as well. Wow. Even when they were relevant, there was only one ad I spotted in about, out of about 30, I would say, one ad that actually did what Andy recommended, which is match the exact language of the search and the intent, of course, but match the exact language of the search with the language you use in your ad and match the language on the landing page exactly to the language you use in the ad as well. So you've got this continuous chain from search through to visit and potentially purchase that matches what the buyer was after all along. Nobody else managed to do that. So I see a lot of things that people can learn from Andy, even though this is quite basic stuff in the grand scheme of things in marketing. But also I see a huge opportunity here because not many people are doing it. Very few people are doing it well in life science. Right. A couple things came up for me there as you were talking about that. One is that of some of the ads that you saw, they might be difficult things to sell and they're casting about trying to find a way to sell their contract lab work or other services. But if you're selling products, there's no excuse here. You should have seen just a trail of product ads that were directly linked to those searches. How there's such a gap, it's ridiculous. And by the way, it doesn't mean that the people who are selling things that 
to my mind, are more difficult to sell, couldn't do a good job also. They just need to be on better keywords than those, and they can dial it in. This all goes to show that you really need to make complete mind shift about why you're doing this stuff online. You cannot be there to toot your own horn. You cannot be there to pontificate. You've got to get your ego out of this. It is all about the ego of your potential buyer. And if you just get yourself in that mode, get your head there, and you just keep pounding on that. And you may have to go up against forces in the other direction. There may be people in the company, your boss, your boss's boss, that they want to stroke the company ego. And it's got to be your job to make it clear to them, that's not how this works. This is how it works. And there's plenty of people who have been down this road, kind of like the way Andy went down this road, where he had to learn that, wow, I've been looking at this wrong. Here's a guy who's uh, personally is data driven and he had to acknowledge he was looking at it wrong. So we have to understand that it's human nature and some really smart, well-intended people in our own companies may have the wrong idea and it's up to us to show them what works. And hopefully you're working with people who will respond to what works. That's the whole mission behind one of the things we're doing at the Life Science Marketing Society is to get people to see, let's start using the best practices that have been demonstrated to be successful in industry after industry. And yet we see in our industry, people aren't even trying, which creates this fabulous opportunity for you. You can be there when no one else is there. And by the time other people wake up to it, you will be really good at being there while they'll be catching up. Opportunity here is just fantastic. Absolutely. There's another thing that seeks off of this, Ken, which is my view is, I, I could be wrong about this, but I think so much of why marketing is done in the wrong way, i.e. the focus on me, 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 these are our products, these are the things we want to sell, you want them, don't you? Because <laughs> is because I think it's evolved naturally from a lot of the bad sales advice that went around for decades that always be closing all the usual things i don't i don't need to, to repeat them here it's quite well known in the sales profession nowadays that effective sales isn't about always be closing and it isn't about all these things to pressure people into purchasing it's about a thorough understanding of what they need building of consensus within the organization and, and it's then about tailoring a solution to give them what they want better than anybody else can do so in competition right. and it's the same thing here but i i think a lot of that thought process hasn't caught up in marketing so when it comes down to it it's actually quite simple it's about as andy said find out what people want find out how to sell it to them. and the beauty of adwords is people are already looking for things so it's the perfect medium to tap into already existing demand. That's a better place to start than creating new demand. Of course, there's a place for creating new demand, definitely. But why wouldn't you tap into the existing demand first and find out how to serve it? Right. Now, you just mentioned two points there, and I want to reiterate what you just said. We've been talking a lot about find out what they want. And if you caught that point by now and you understand what we're saying, good for you. But now get to the second one. Find out how to sell it to them. Just because you know what they want, you don't go back to, and therefore, hear our ego story. 
<laughs> no, you got to sell it to them the way they want to be sold. You got to say the words that they use to describe things. It's so obvious once you think of it in those terms. And when you think about yourself as a buyer, what you respond to, you know, use yourself as an example. You never want to hear the ego story of that, of the company you're going to buy from. You want to hear how they're going to solve your problem. You want to hear how they're going to do it for a fair price. You want to hear how they're going to do it with good service. You want to hear how they're going to do it in a way that's scalable, in a way that I can count on in the future. All that stuff, it's all about them. Get your head into that. Figure out how to sell it to them. And sometimes that means you're going to have to do it in multiple forks. You sell it this way to this person, that way to that person, this other way to this other person. And if you pick out the things that are really popular, that people are looking for, you don't have to sell everything you've got. If you've got a catalog with a thousand products in it and you're thinking, oh my goodness, I got to come up with an ad for every product and a landing page for every ad. Oh, I can't do that. Well, you don't have to do that. If you do your AdWords market research right, you're going to find out here are the five products that everybody's looking for. Those are the ones you key on. Bring them in the door with those five, and the other 995 will then be there to be sold as, as time goes on. Exactly. Exactly. And there's another point I want to make here that Andy didn't cover, but I think is a little extra value we can add in this podcast. The nut I've spoken to... I don't know how many hundreds, thousands of life science marketers these last few years. Almost nobody in life science knows their lifetime customer value. So you win a new customer. How much do they spend over the lifetime of, of their being a customer? As a consequence of that, how much can you afford to pay to acquire a new customer? I wonder if a lot of reagent companies in particular don't use pay-per-click advertising because they think, well, Someone comes on the site and they usually place an order for $100 and after all our overheads are taken into account, we only make a $30 profit. How can we afford to when, if it costs us $100 to make that sale using AdWords? Well, yeah, you'll lose money on the first sale, but what if you make $3,000 over the lifetime of the average customer? Then you should be spending more as much money on AdWords as you can as long as you maintain those conversion rates. You'll only know how much you can spend if you know your lifetime customer value and when you know your lifetime customer value nobody else if they decide to to compete against you for the ad results nobody else is going to be able to compete with you because they don't know their lifetime customer value and they don't realize that they can be make it up their money on the back end right really important concept this and i hope people get around to paying it more heed in the near future and I would say, too, that if you just can't get your upper management on board to think that way because they're a bunch of scientists rather than a bunch of business people, you can still think that way. And you can recognize, OK, if they can't think that long term, sure, I can get them to think in terms of how much will this customer be worth this year or how much will this customer be worth this quarter if you have to go that short a distance. But it'll likely be more than, you know, buying one kit. You know, we're using reagents as our, our go-to here, but it's just an example. Now, obviously, if you're selling capital equipment and things like that, folks there are thinking more long-term. You know, your management is going to be realizing that if we're selling a, you know, $200,000 microscope, we're establishing a relationship in a, say, a university where we're going to be there for decades. 
we understand we're going to sell them more than one. And maybe not this year, but it's but we know it's really important to establish that relationship because if we don't, our competitor will. And when they establish that relationship, we never get in the door. You can use this stuff to your advantage. But as you're saying, Harrison, that is a marketing, not a 101 concept, but but it's a, it's a 102 concept, <laughs> lifetime customer value, and you need to put it into practice. You bring up something else as well there, Ken, inadvertently. If we're talking about capital equipment here, assuming the margins are significant, which I would expect is the case, you've got a lot of money to play with to acquire a new customer. And you can afford to use AdWords to drive, and I'm not going to use the word traffic, as Annie explains, their their visitors, their researchers who are interested in finding out an answer to a question. They're not traffic. Way to humanize them. But you'll be able to use AdWords to drive researchers not only to something leading to a direct purchase now and then, but you'll be able to use them to capture informational searches as well, where they don't have a buying intent just yet, or their buying intent is is quite loosely defined. And if you've built out your content platform and you've got you've got resources for people who are in the awareness stage, in the consideration stage, and in the buying stage, assuming you understand the conversion rates at each of those areas, which I think again ties in to the same sort of data-driven area as figuring out your lifetime customer value, as long as you know what those rates are, you'd have to check the conversions on AdWords, but theoretically anyway, you should be able to use AdWords to to fill the funnel at the top, the middle, and the bottom. Sure. You point out something else, too, that a sale is one potential positive outcome. But there are other positive outcomes that we need in business. We need to create brand awareness. We need to create brand authority. Those are things, too, that, that you can use AdWords to help create in a pretty inexpensive way. You're not trying to get them to do something, but rather just to think something. That's actually a lot easier. And you can put things out in the world. And you saw that even when you commented on putting in some searches and looking for ads and seeing some of them were going to things like articles and discussions. It's like, well, that's interesting. People are buying ads to get people to hear them talk about things. Now, that's not a bad idea if that's your objective, if you're trying to build brand awareness. But if you're, if you're doing it for leads, that's not a very good way to do it. But the beauty of this is informational searches are much cheaper to advertise on. Exactly. They're not as competitive. Yeah. Fascinating thing. The, the informational searches aren't as competitive in AdWords, but they're much more competitive for the organic rankings. It's a crazy idea. What if might make no sense whatsoever, but I might be onto something as well. <laughs> what if you use AdWords to drive informational searches and you use organic traffic or organic visitors or researchers, I should say, for your product-related searches? Because everyone's advertising on AdWords there, but they're not writing articles about those products. I see another podcast and another webinar. <laughs> yes, me too. There's some testing required first. There you go. And there's something else that you mentioned a second ago, and I, I want to, what you said is accurate, but I want to turn it on its ear. You talked about how Andy spoke about, don't think in terms of clicks or traffic, but think in terms of people. And you called it humanizing it. I want to call out that the problem here is that we have dehumanized it. They were always humans. <laughs> 
and we turn them into stat, you know, to data and to statistics. And we need to return to this. We need to stop the dehumanizing that we've done because marketing is always going to be talking to people. And we need to connect to people. People are the ones who get interested and click through. People are the ones who give you their contact information and say they want to talk. People are the ones who write the checks, (laughs) sign the POs. We really, really need to think in terms of people. And I think that's just about the most powerful and best point we could end on. I think you're there. (laughs) So... There we are. It's about psychology, not technology. The Quick Start Guide to Winning with AdWords. If you would like to get a link to the actual webinar where Andy Black has a lot more to say to Harrison in an interview, you're going to want to catch all the details. And you can get there by going to bit.ly forward slash LSMS dash Andy, all lowercase. So be sure to check that out. And of course, If you go there, you'll be able to sign up for free to get access to all kinds of quality webinars and other content that will help you in your life science marketing career. So on that note, thank you for listening. I'm Kenneth Vogt. And this is Harrison Wright. See you next time. To get more insight from the Life Science Marketing Society, please visit www.lifesciencemarketingsociety.com dot org and grab your free membership.